Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And here's one of your hosts, Jim Borland, and the other one is sitting not very far away from me. You're too close to me, Keith. Not far enough away, huh? That's right. It's Keith Funk. He's over there. Good morning. Um, what else? Oh, I was going to give out, uh, we had a couple of calls about planting things this time of year and how how iffy the weather can be this time of year. And as an indication of that, looking at record high temperatures for this date, 80 degrees, that was in 1996. Record low temperature for this date, six. Whoa! In 2013, you, you can't protect things against that. No. Yeah, you can cover it all you want, but unless you're covering it with a with a greenhouse with a stove <laughs> <laughs> set on high, yeah, it's not going to work, people. Whoa, six! That would be brutal. Six degrees. So when was know, that? On and that was tw- 2013. Oh, 2013. Yeah, not that long ago. Uh, so that's a difference of on this date seventy four degrees from what the temperature really temperatures could be and have been more importantly amazing see our plants really have to put up with a lot yeah and that there's a reason that there weren't many plants out here before we started planting stuff how long ago when when was Denver founded? Well, we're over. You were around, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I was in swaddling clothes. <laughs> Denver's been here over a hundred years. I should know. We should. We should know. We that. should know that. <laughs> but I think it's safe to say, in uh, in let's say the year eighteen hundred, mm-hmm. there wasn't much of anything out here except native stuff, and not much of that. And not much of that. A lot of grass. A lot of grass. Very mm-hmm. very few trees. And uh, we've mentioned that the trees that were here were only along the watercourses. Exactly. And it was not thick with trees. Uh, the cottonwoods, one day, would have occasion to put up a new plant by seed. All the ungulates would come by and eat it off. Exactly. And there were a lot of them then. Lots of elk and lots of bison. And they had bison. They had uh, deer. Uh, I, th- I think two species of deer. Uh, the, it was the one I grew up with. <laughs> And it's called the white tail or white tail. Thank you, Jeepers. Okay. Couldn't think of it. And of course, mule deer. Mm-hmm. And they would eat an- almost every anything. Yeah, I don't think we had any goats here. Those mm-hmm. were up in the mountains. Yeah, but yeah. So you know, you look around and you see all these trees and perennials and shrubs and flowers <clears> and all. <throat> that's all been planted, and it all has to be taken care of. It can't just be chucked into the ground and walk away yeah, walk like away. like you were living in Virginia or something. <clears throat> Looking out the window here, there are a lot of trees out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, and every one of them was planted by man. Oh, no, it's not quite true. Some of them came up by seed. Yeah. The weed trees, as we call them. But it kind of gives you an idea of why nurseries have been so successful out here. All of that had to be sold to somebody to plant in the ground. Usually twice. <laughs> Usually twice. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent point. That's why you'll see some, 
Some garden centers don't make a real big deal about putting your tomatoes out too early. No, they make more. That's right. They'll make more and sell you another one. <laughs> one of the first ones that comes to hail or, yeah. or, or freezing temperatures or something. But I've always said, you know, gardeners, farmers, and nursery garden center people are the biggest gamblers in the world. Every year they do. Every year's a gamble. Yep. Every single year. At least here. Maybe not so much in other places, but here. It's, you, you just never know what will happen. Like you said, six degrees for the low. I know. This date, <clears throat> what, se- seven, eight years ago. Yep, not that long ago. And another thing that happens here quite frequently, that, and I was, I've been prompted to, uh, to say this by the Facebook things that I read, and there was a question someone posed. A lot of questions are posed on Facebook. People don't tell you where, they're, where they are. No. Don't realize that their posting goes around the world. Right. And so they ask Barbados. you, you know, what plant is that? Well, yeah. you know, what hemisphere are you in? <laughs> what continent are you on? <laughs> and one of the questions was, I'm putting up a new greenhouse. What kind of covering should I have? And I was surprised at the number of people who said glass is the best. Oh, really? And I'm thinking... Here in Denver, if you put up a glass greenhouse, you're crazy. No kidding. <laughs> It'll be gone in two or three years. Hailstorm will come in and take it out. No doubt. Even the tempered glass. Those are even more expensive. But right. Oh, no, I remember um, working at Ector's many years ago, back in the 80s, and they were converting their carnation growing ranges over to mm-hmm. retail. They were glass houses. <clears throat> yeah, they all were at one time. And, and you know, I remember seeing... You know, rows and rows and rows of glass panes stacked outside uh, alongside the greenhouses because they had to constantly be replacing them. And I remember the retail space, some of the retail space had glass over it and we had a hailstorm and I had to hustle these garden buyer customers out of that glass house. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's dangerous when you have shards (laughs) of glass falling on your head. That's right. That's why you're going to find that none of the garden centers have glass houses. No, and I, a little bit, a little bit, too young to to recognize. Actually, too old, I guess. Not old enough. That's the that's what I want to say. To be around when the conversion was being made from glass to fiberglass. Oh yeah. And the big discussion was how are you going to grow under fiberglass because it's not the same as glass and da, 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 and it gets old and gets yellow and. Mm-hmm. Well, the conversion was made anyway. Yeah. Because a couple of hailstorms made, made you convert. It did. And then you converted to Lexan, and then polycarbonate. Other, yeah, other covers. And then, and then uh, plastics, um, film plastics, mm-hmm. yes. polycarbonates and all, to other, all kinds of stuff now. Inflated. In, inflated yes. layers so that the yeah. hail would bounce off. Would bounce right? off. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on how heavy this hailstorm That's was. That's right. But, but that yellowed the yellows, too. Well, then... In our, in our UV out here, you know, if it lasted more than two seasons, yep. you were doing good. Yep. And ha- before you had to replace it because it was getting brittle and tearing in the mm-hmm. wind and so mm-hmm. forth. But anyway, yep. uh, that's neither here nor there. We're dating ourselves. We have people on the line wanting to talk to us about stuff. Yeah, and I don't think any of them are dated as old as we are. So. Okay, well, let's go out to line one and see what Paul is up to with his seed starting. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Uh First, I have to say, I'm really uh, a little disappointed hearing that you guys already have flats of, of starts. 
outside <laughs> when I ever even started. Well, it uh, depends on what you're starting. The things that I'm starting take a long time because they're slow. And, okay. But, you know, other things like like tomatoes and peppers and squash and that sort of thing, they they grow quickly. So, you, yeah. you know, you want to be careful not to start them too early. And the things I put out were started in my garden last summer. Oh. So they're perennials. Okay. They're, they're uh, you know, native plants, some witty things and uh, yuccas and agaves. And they don't grow real fast. No, they don't. Oh, okay. Uh, my, my main question is, uh, I'm elderly, and uh, I've been, you know, starting under, uh, like, T8s, okay. old shop lights. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and I was, I yesterday I was at the, I like Home Depot, and looking for T5s, and that's much better, right? That's what I grow under. It, it's a much brighter light, and it also yeah. uses less electricity. But I couldn't find any that I think would even fit in old uh, shop lights. No, no. You, they have to have a special fixture. Yep. Yeah. Okay, that was, that was the only thing. I was wondering if you knew of any that fit in old shop lights. <laughs> no, I don't. I wish they did. It would, it would make the conversion a lot less expensive. Yeah. Well, I guess that answers my question, then. Thank you. All okay. right. Thanks for calling. <clears throat> Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, I grow under T5s, and, and if you do grow under T5s, you'll find real quickly that you can buy them at different uh, Kelvin temperatures. Mm-hmm. And that just refers to the, <clears throat> the spectrum of light that the individual tube produces. And over the last, I want to say eight years of playing with this, I have found that the 6500K tube or temperature, 6500, works the best for me for both growing vegetative and blooming. Because, you know, the, the plant uses the same wavelengths yeah, in it, both stages of it's growth. A, it's a very bright light. Yes, yeah. it is very bright. And it's, it's that bluish color. Yeah, not the not the yellowy color, and, and we're just not used to using Kelvin mm-mm. as a means for buying light bulbs. No, now f- professional photographers know all about that, mm-hmm. but you know the ordinary person doesn't. And if you you go and you'll find your your light bulbs are now r- rated in Kelvin temperature, mm-hmm. and you wonder what does that mean? Well, it's important if you're growing plants well, for yeah. sure. Simply because it gives a more natural range of uh, light wavelengths that plants use. I still have a hard time believing the the literature I read about the different wavelengths that the plants like this wavelength and that wavelength, and they ignore the other way. Like green, (laughs) they ignore a green, and that's why plants look green, is because they reflect all that green light back at you, and that's what you see. I have a hard time believing that over however many millions of years it's been that plants have evolved, that they ignore part of the spectrum of light, um, especially some yeah. of the bigger spectrums. Yeah, they don't, they don't ignore it all. There's just some, some wavelengths are more efficient in, in converting it into, or being used in photosynthesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And others, not so much. Still use it, but yeah. not as much. Well, to me, it just says that we don't know as much as we think we do. And I just read an article in the past week about growing uh, cannabis. Because uh-huh. <clears throat> in some states, 
in Colorado being one, they grow marijuana in greenhouses. Yeah. Um, and they're getting it down. Now the professionals are involved. Of course. You know, the lab types with, with uh, white lab coats and, and clipboards. Uh, they're finding it on some, some cultivars, selections, they behave differently under different wavelengths of light. Hmm. And that's important with regards to the final end product, which is yeah. what people want to smoke. And certain wavelengths of light, per, wavelengths of light produce more of this stuff that those people are looking for. And so throughout the growing crop, the la- they change the wavelengths of light. Okay. With, of course, T5s and other kinds of... LEDs, LED I think, are the big stuff. thing now, yeah. huh? Yeah. It's the big thing. It's still expensive. Yeah. Still expensive. But you're asking the plant to do things it's not oh, yeah. really designed oh, absolutely. to do. Yeah. That it would not do normally. Yeah. 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 Or it would, but not the same way. It it can get quite complicated. And we're talking about big greenhouses growing this stuff. Multi-million dollar greenhouses. Mm-hmm. That the growers that you and I know, they're not the ones doing this. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they're not. The, the money is coming from people who have money. The one percenters. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder whether they even care whether they make a profit off of it. Because I, I, I have to wonder how they do. I, I don't know. It, it's a brave new world out there. It, it really, really is. is. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of brave new worlds, uh, it's spring. It, it is. Thank goodness, finally. And it's time to get out there and clean up your yard. And that's what Sherry is doing. And I'd like to get out there and talk to Sherry online, too, about her spring cleanup process. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning, guys. Welcome to another side of the world. Hey, thanks, Thank Sherry. You. Yes, it's good to hear you back for a long time. Great. I'm glad you're yeah. listening. Oh, for years. Um, we've followed you from more than one station. There you go. <laughs> um, and, and by the way, uh, the reason that the cannabis growers are not only millionaires, they become millionaires. Apparently, you've never gone into a pot shop. <laughs> well, yes, I have. <laughs> I haven't yet. <laughs> they are not cheap. <laughs> no, they aren't. <laughs> but uh, I digress. Um, yes, many, many spring cleanup questions. Okay, go for it. Um, someone mentioned the rose collars earlier. I had placed uh, rose collars around my um, year-and-a-half-old hydrangeas last fall on your uh, advice and uh, put the chopped-up leaves down in there like a little mulch protection. Mm-hmm. When do I start taking that? Do I take the mulch out first and leave the collars? Do I take it all off at once? Do I wait? What do I do? I think you can take it all off at once, but I'd, I'd, again, wait until after tomorrow night. We're supposed to dip down into the 20s. Okay. Uh, Now, um, the hydrangeas are in a, um, I would say, 70% shaded area. They get a little bit of dappled light. But um, when do I start trimming them back? Because, or does that woody, stemmy part turn into flowers eventually and leaves? What variety do you plant, or what varieties do you have? Um, these three in that area are called endless summer. Okay, so yeah, I I try to leave as much live wood 
up above ground as you possibly can because that will give you the earliest flowers. I hate to say this. How do I know if it's live wood? You just sit there and wait until the plant leaves out and start growing. <laughs> Excellent. Patience. Patience, I, I exactly. Yes, and once you've got new growth started and, and growing well, and keep in mind that it's going to start growing at the base of the plant first, and then uh, the, the buds up the stem will be a little slower to start up, so don't get too anxious to start pruning things off that might look dead. Uh, you can also use your fingernail and just scratch the bark and see if it's green underneath. But, oh, that would ruin my manicure. Oh, well, we wouldn't want that. <laughs> No, uh, that, it, that's that's good advice. I can take that. Um, I also have a um, a pillar hydrangea, no hibiscus, hibiscus, and uh, pretty much the same attitude towards it. Then, yeah, I would say so, and don't expect it to leaf out anytime soon. They're okay. they're late leafing out. That's like the last thing in the world to leaf yeah. out. It'll be late May. I mean, you're going to be wondering, did this whole thing die? Because everything around it's going to be green. And what we're talking about is Rose of Sharon in yeah. general. Uh, also, a lot of people call it hibiscus. I always call it Rose of Sharon. But, uh, yeah, they all leaf out just remarkably late. Okay. And, and that, too, I, on your advice, I put a rose collar with some leaf mulch around its base. Go ahead and wait for another week or two to take that away. Yeah, I'd say any time after tomorrow. After tomorrow night, anytime, you know, Monday on, you should be fine. Your crystal ball is a lot clearer than mine, I tell you. Hey, um, I, you know, you have to make a decision at yeah. some point and just go with it. Okay. Um, some Linton roses, a Gila Bros. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're, they're looking gorgeous. They've yep. been in the ground. This is their third year, and they have never looked this good. Isn't that wonderful? It's uh, wonderful. Um, is it just the nature of... I've got six different ones planted in an area under a tree that, you know, come summer it will be uh, mainly shady for them, and they seem to like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> two of the six have le- uh, flowers that stay upright, and the others tip their heads down. Is yeah. that typical? That's yes. typical for that particular cultivar, yeah. Okay, so it's not something wrong with the way that they've been treated. No, no at, at one time they all tipped down. None of them had their faces uh, facing up. Yeah, uh-huh. the, it's the newer varieties, the newer breeding that is showing the, the flowers more upright. Very nice. It, 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 they're lovely flowers, but you have to get down on the ground to see the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. That's one of the reasons I didn't particularly care for them that much. And plus the fact that old, older varieties, were, I thought, were just kind of muddy in color. Not very clear. Yeah, I've got a yellow one, a purple one, a white one, yeah. and they are all perky up in the air. So. Yeah, yeah, those are lovely. Really now, when it comes to the brown leaves around, the, is it too early to cut away? No, you can take old? them off. Anytime a leaf is dead, you can remove it. Excellent. I, I do mine I do mine fairly early. I mean, as soon as I start to see any live stirrings of that plant, uh, I think this was probably back in January, probably is when I took the leaf, all the old leaves off, all of them, regardless of whether they looked half dead or part, you know, a little bit dead or completely, everything came off. Well, I know what I'm going to be doing today. There you go. Uh, 
And then last but not least, you had mentioned several weeks ago at that other place um, about spreading wildflower seeds uh, if I just wanted to fill in some areas in a kind of shady area. I uh-huh. got some shady wildflower mix at the garden center. Is When do I start cleaning that area up and putting these seeds in? I think you could probably do that now. Or not, a month ago. Yeah, yeah, a month ago. Not knowing what species are in there, what uh, cultivars and what have you. But most of wildflower mixes are perfectly fine going through uh, frost and snow and all that sort of stuff. Now, once I spread, um, they come uh, with uh, some kind of a medium that they're mixed in, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, do I need to then also put a little bit of potting soil or topsoil over top of that or just leave it the way it is and oh, water it in? <clears throat> I would probably take a garden rake out there and, and really stir up the surface of the soil. So that's kind of rough. And then sow your seed plus whatever mix it's, uh, it it's happens to be mixed with and just scatter that over the top. And then Excellent. water it in. Excellent. And keep it keep it moist. Mm-hmm. And it it should work. I think I think I've got my day ready. All right, All right. we gave you lots of work, didn't we? You did, and it's and it's a good work. It's All a right, good, <laughs> a feel good work. Thanks, guys, and okay. glad you're back. Thank you, Sherry. All right, now we have to take a break. We're a little late on this, so I apologize to to Stephen. There has been wondering and. and wringing his hands and waiting for us to do the proper thing. So we're going to do that and come back real quick here on Legends 810. What's your lawn good for? After all that watering and maintenance, is your lawn supposed to be admired like some ancient statue in a museum? No! It's supposed to be enjoyed. It's for you, your kids, grandkids, pets, and friends. Spending warm summer evenings leisurely eating dinner. Afternoons watching kids and animals run back and forth. It's a place to have water balloon fights or touch football games. But your grass can't take that kind of pounding. Soon you see dry patches that turn into dirt and mud. You need a lawn that has been engineered to withstand lots of traffic and still thrive in our Colorado climate. You need Colorado's own turf mix from GardenWise. It's a well-balanced blend of award-winning grasses that grow in sun or moving shade and tolerate heavy foot traffic. The aggressive root system creates a dense, thick turf perfect for outdoor adventures. Plus, it's insect, disease, and drought resistant. Available at your favorite local independent garden center. Do you have broadleaf weeds popping up in your yard? For most weed killers, it's too cold or damp to have any effect. Fertilome has a solution for that. Weed-Free Zone. Weed-Free Zone is one of the few weed killers you can use this early in the year. Use it for dandelions, henbit, chickweed, clover, bindweed, and more. It's rain fast in just a couple of hours after application, and you can reseed in two weeks. Fertilome can give your lawn a weed-free zone that will make you the envy of the neighborhood. Use the product the professionals use. Try Fertilome Weed-Free Zone. You'll find Fertilome Weed-Free Zone at Jared's Nursery in Littleton, the Tree Farm in Longmont, Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, and Tagawa Gardens in Centennial. Can I plant now? Almost as annoying as, are we there yet? 
At Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, we have plenty of things to plant now. Don't fret, we have the cure for your planting fever. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned professional, let us help you select what plants work best for you. It's a great time to plant pansies, violas, snapdragons, and dianthus to color up your patio pots. Add some decorative kale, and you've got an early display that loves our cool spring temperatures. Want something perennial? Try columbine, our state flower. Other perennials like basket of gold alyssum and coral bells can start in your pots. Then as it's done blooming, move them into the garden for next year's color. Stop by for cool weather vegetable starts, windowsill herbs, and frost covers in case of a late snowstorm. Browse through our indoor plant greenhouse for lots of foliage and blooming plants in all sizes and a great selection of pots. It's all about the adventure of finding plants. Brighten up your living environment with something green. Your premier flower and plant shop, Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center in the heart of Lafayette at 600 South Public Road. For more information, call us at 303-665-5555 or visit us online at lafayetteflorist.com. All right, we are back. The uh, the Garden Wise guys here on the Garden Wise Show. That's where we should be on Legends 810. We're taking your phone calls. And by the way, here's the phone number in case you didn't hear it 33 times before. 303-477-2473. Yeah, the old one doesn't work. No, don't use it anymore. It's kaput. It's kapu. It's been archived. That's right. So, you know, I'm surprised we haven't had more calls about lawn care. I mean, it is April, and lawns are greening up. They are. Weeds are coming up. They are. It's time to get out there and aerate. If you haven't, in the, if you haven't already this year, it's a good idea to aerate in the spring. And, you know, leave the plugs, break the plugs, doesn't matter. Whatever you want to look we, at. We leave them. Yeah. Because they, they've done, you know, a couple of grass cuttings, and they're gone. Right. But keep in mind that mowing over those plugs, since there's usually soil mixed with it, does dull your lawnmower blade. <clears throat> Probably should sharpen your blade anyway. Right. Now wait a minute. The first cut, don't don't bother with the with the plugs there. Sharpen it after you. After. Cut it. Yeah. yeah. That would be good. But it's a good idea to look at. This is the time of year if you're going to put down a a weed preventer or a pre-emergent as they're called. Uh, this is the time of year to do that. You could also put down your first application of fertilizer. What else? Oh, if you have some. Broadleafed weeds coming back from last year, some perennial broadleafed weeds like what would that be? Dandelions, clover, <clears throat> thistle, bindweed, mallow, mallow, fillery, those sorts of things popping up in the yard. If you don't if you have too many to go out there and just physically remove mm-hmm. manually, <clears throat> uh, there are uh, there is one good product I like to use. Well, I don't like to use it, but I will use if I have to. It's uh, made by Fertilome. It's called Weed Free Zone. The liquid, and you can just go out and spot treat those broadleaf weeds in your lawn, and it won't hurt your lawn, but it'll take out those broadleaf weeds that are coming back from last year. Because the pre-emergent won't do that. Yeah, really. However, there's really no need uh, with an established lawn and, and, and gardeners who are doing stuff in their yard for years to spray the entire lawn with, with herbicide. Right. Or, or cover the entire yard with a weed and feed. No. 
there's probably really no need for that. So save the environment, be a little more sustainable, et cetera, et cetera. Or save your money and just buy a smaller amount and spot treat as needed here and there throughout the lawn and, or manually remove them. Mm-hmm. That's another way to go. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's time to get busy in the lawn. And we don't recommend dethatching. Don't see much of that anymore. No, I've, I've, I, I agree. Uh, it's and, just too yeah. damaging. Yeah, dethatching is done by a piece of equipment with tines on the bottom of it that, that rotate. And, and just, boy, they just destroy the grass in the process of, of, uh, of getting up all the dead grass that has accumulated over the number of years. Well, that, the dead grass is fine. Unless your thatch gets a couple of inches deep, uh, it's a good thing to have. It decomposes and releases nutrients back yes. to the soil. And, and it provides a mulch. It does. And aerating helps reduce that thatch if you do that on a regular basis. That way you don't have to power rake. Right. You never should have to power rake. Power rake. That's a term I haven't used or haven't heard in a while. Yeah. That's, that's hard on your lawn. Yeah. I have a neighbor down the street who used to do that every year. But I think he's since passed away, so probably won't see that anymore. We hmm. used to do that to our zoysia lawn yeah. in Kansas <clears throat> until my dad got tired of taking f- pickup loads. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Literally pickup <laughs> loads of dead grass to the dump. So you know what we did instead? We burned it. Yeah. Just lit the lawn on fire. <laughs> can't do that anymore no you can't (laughs) anywho hey we've got uh, we've got betsy from jared's on the line on line four good morning betsy thanks for calling in good morning gentlemen i i think it's fair i'm very excited that you chose this radio station because it's got legends and you guys definitely are and we're legends ourselves oh my god in our own minds that's for sure in your own (laughs) (laughs) well in my book you're a legend oh you're you're a sweetheart thank you (laughs) What's going on at Jared's this weekend? Oh, wow. I I hope the weather stays nice and calm and cool so that everyone who wants to get out in their yard can plant pansies and violas because we're just loaded with those. Mm -hmm. We ran out last weekend. Everyone was just so excited to get out in their yards. And we have a lot of the cool crops for their vegetable gardens if they have their little raised beds ready and they're kind of bored waiting for the seeds to come up. They can put a couple plants out so that they can at least remember to water. What 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 kind of cool crops are you talking about? Things like broccoli and spinach and things? Oh, we've got broccoli, spinach, kale, rhizuma, um, pak choy, uh, Brussels sprouts. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you got all kinds of stuff. We got all kinds of stuff. We got some great growers. Good. And they're they're all ready to get all that stuff out into people's yards where um, nutrition is king after a, kind of a boring winter of yeah. store bought. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Yeah, it is. It, it is time to put that stuff out. And is it all hardened off and ready to go? Well, out last night, um, the only thing that we didn't have set out last night were our uh, new group of strawberries. Um, we're back to growing our own again so that we can have lots and lots of it available. Sure. And um, 
you know, we've even got some plants that um, if people are excited and enough that they don't mind bringing their pots in and out on a colder night, they can start their porch pots already because we've got geraniums and callas and oh my. You know, some of the stuff that's not quite as cool friendly, but, you know, pulling it in on a, you know, through the patio door overnight is usually not a problem for many, many of our customers. There so, you go. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of gearing up for the spring and... I'm doing a lawn care class today and tomorrow. Today's is at 11, and tomorrow on Sunday it's at 1 o'clock. Do people need to Do people need to register for it? You know, we kind of recommend it so we kind of know how many chairs to sit out so we can get them all spread out because I got surprised last week. I had four folks at my um, Saturday orchid class. Um, but 11 showed up, which I was totally unexpected <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> so I was just like, where am I going to put everybody and keep them all comfortable and um, still be able to project, you know, the, the workshop, you know, from behind a mask, which is not easy. <laughs> yeah. So be sure to call in at Jared's and, and register for the lawn care class. That's either today or tomorrow. That's yeah, good. Yeah, I should probably give you that phone number because it, it's probably up on the website but um go for it just the phone go ahead oh i'm sorry 303-979-6022 and if we get flooded with calls it will roll to a voicemail <laughs> okay well i'm sure the, the class will be great and why don't you tell everybody where you're located we are at 10500 west bowles avenue which is between kipling and sims um, across the street from um, Light of the World Catholic Church, which is a beautiful facility, and um, on on Bowles. Don't go on Bellevue. Some people go to on Bellevue and they wonder where we are. So <laughs> it's actually another B Street. <laughs> yes, and all the parking is in the back. So big right. parking lot, lot, plenty of space. Plenty of space, especially since last week we had our Easter egg hunt and we filled the church parking lot probably twice. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's wonderful. I love hearing that. We, we must have had 2,000 folks, you know, coming in over that three-hour period. I don't think any child left disappointed. <laughs> Excellent. Well, people can also go online to jaredsgarden.com. Excellent. Thank you, guys. You Thanks met. for calling, Betsy. Thanks, Betsy. Congrats. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to take our next to the last break here, if Steve will allow us to do that. And we'll be back with your phone calls. Uh, we'll be back with Michael, who's already phone called in. He's got a question about stump removal, and I'm sure we can answer that right here on Legends 810. In the spring, everything is about the roots. Use Fertilome Root Stimulator and Plant Starter Solution for everything you plant. Trees, shrubs, ornamentals, and flowers. Make three applications 10 to 14 days apart and get up to 33% more roots. More roots means summer hardiness, increased drought tolerance, and less insect and fungus issues. Fertilome Root Stimulator and Plant Starter Solution also reduces transplant shock and promotes greener, more vigorous plants. Ask for it at your favorite local independent nursery, garden center, or hardware store, including Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, the Tree Farm in Longmont, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, and Jared's Nursery in Littleton. It's like the difference between soft, gentle rain and a monsoon. 
That's how I compare the effect of a Dram Rain wand on plants to the heart blast of a typical spray nozzle attachment to your garden hose. Water flows through 400 tiny holes in the Dram Rain wand's soft shower nozzle to bathe and refresh your plants, not damage them or wash away soil. Its handy reach handle has a 60-degree bend and conveniently extends to more distant garden rows and hanging baskets. And there's a fingertip shutoff valve. No wonder professional growers in the greenhouses and nurseries use DRAM watering tools. Today, there are imitators, but nothing matches the superior quality of the original, invented over 50 years ago. They're simply the best. DRAM watering tools are available at Tagawa Gardens, Nick's Gardens, Jared's Garden Center, and Lafayette Florist and Greenhouse. All right, we're back here on the Garden Wise Show with the Garden Wise guys, Jim Borland and Keith Funk on Legends 810. Our new phone number is for everybody out there, 303-477-2473. And that'll get you in here to the studio. And again, all these years we've been doing this, we have no idea how that happens. But it works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jim. Why don't we go out and talk to uh, Michael on line one about stump removal. Good morning, Michael doing today good how are you uh really good hey um my son and daughter-in-law have a condo with a tiny little front yard and right in the middle of it is a stump and they don't know how it got there because (laughs) i do i do well (laughs) their, their homeowners association doesn't allow trees but anyway so somebody had a tree and then cut it down and i remember years ago we used to do something didn't you used to, like, drill holes in the stump and put chemical in there and it would eat it away or something yeah, like that? I, how I, yeah, frankly, stump? I don't know how, how well that works. It takes years. Yeah. I, Does it? Yeah. It, it, and I know what you're talking about, and, uh, and there are many other ways that people have used drilling holes and putting fertilizer in there or, yeah. or phosphorus fertilizer. Or gasoline and yeah. lighting it on fire. Well, yeah, that's it. The only sure way I know that really does work is to have someone come out and remove it. Well, that was my other question. Yeah, Yeah, they were talking about trying to dig it out, but you can do that too. How big across it? How big? How big across is it? It's probably twenty-four inches across. Oh, that's a lot of digging. No, you'll need a professional. I don't think they understand how deep the roots go. You got a trunk that size. Yeah, and how wide? I remember. You guys always talked about uh, Glenn was his name. Yes. yes. Would, would you like his phone number? Stump removal. Yeah, definitely. All right. His number is 303-246-6891. Let me see if I can put that in my phone. I don't have anything to write it on. No, nobody does anymore. 303 246-6891. 246-6891. 6-8-9-1. Okay, two four six six eight nine one. Uh huh. Correct, and that's uh, stump I, removal and daughter. That, right. I heard his daughter went off to college and doesn't dig stumps much anymore. <laughs> oh, she's she's gone out of college and she's married and has children and doing her thing. Yeah. Do the children come and help dig? Stumps? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> That'd be a good family business. And don't be surprised, don't be surprised that that Glenn actually answers the phone. And uh, who knows how he answers it. Sometimes he says, hooray for hamsters. You never know. But, uh, and he goes by, he goes by, um, 
Mordecai now instead of Glenn. Oh, Mordecai. Okay. Yes. That sounds like a stump removal guy. For sure. It does. It does. Yes. <laughs> He'll get along well with my son because he always answers the phone. Watermelons and cheese. What? So, <laughs> okay, that's unusual. Yeah. He and Mordecai will probably get along okay. It sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. That's what I was thinking. Was the best way was to call call Mordecai or Glenn or whoever he was at the time. And yes. I know you guys are the only ones in town who know his number. Well, and he's the only one we recommend because he does such a conscientious job. Yep. <clears throat> well, that's what I told my daughter and I said, my garden guys always recommend this guy here mm-hmm. to take stumps. So, and she's like, you have garden guys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have <laughs> hey, people. I, <laughs> I, have, I got people who know people. Here. That's right. That's right. All right. All well, right, cool. Well, good luck with that, Michael. Thanks a lot. You guys have a great day. You too. All right. We haven't had... Uh, this is our first stump removal call. Yeah. Yeah. On our first show. On our first show. On our, on our new station. <clears throat> Are you keeping track of all these? No. Okay. Does it matter? <laughs> I did once. Yeah. For, I don't know, like six months. Mm-hmm. And then tallied them up. What were our most important, our most popular question? Lawn care, wasn't it? Lawn care. By far. And then roses. Roses came in a distant second and... Everything else, everything else came in an even further third. So we have people who ask a lot of different questions. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like a thousand questions, long questions, and they were like, I'm going to make this up. 300 rose questions, and there's like two for everything else. <laughs> <laughs> now, there were hundreds of those. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? So should we not come in sometime? We'll just put a tape on here. And uh, and and have it ninety five percent lawn asking or answering lawn questions, and then you know one or two questions for roses and and, and that'll make everybody happy. Yeah, everybody happy. We don't have to come in anymore. We don't have to come in anymore. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go to uh, line two and see what Rose is doing. Good morning, Rose. Good morning. I'm so be- happy you are still here. So well, thank you. To you. Um, I have a question, a silly question, but every year when it gets cold, I wind up covering my tulips and daffodils. Do uh-huh. I need to do that? Not unless the temperatures are dropping down into the low 20s. Low 20s, because when I look in the newspaper for the outlet for next week, there are some 20s at night. So. Yeah, I, I noticed that too um, on my phone, and actually it only looked like Sunday night was the only one that was showing me of course, I'm down. I'm out here in Aurora right now. Um, Sunday night looks like 28 degrees, but where you are might be different, of course. And I'm then in, uh, I'm in Carol and Sims in Littleton. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm not seeing much, much other than Sunday night getting down into the 20s. Everything else stays in the 30s. Okay. But can you know that can change on an hour's notice. Yep. Right. <clears throat> Can I ask you one more question? I, a neighbor across the street from me has a, a spruce, a small spruce, mm-hmm. and she noticed the other day when she was cleaning out her garden that one side of it, the trees kind of, the needles are falling off of it. Well, that's not a good thing. How big is this plant? It's not very big. It's, you know, maybe four feet, five feet. It's okay. a small kind of spruce. I don't, I don't With, really understand it, but... Little short needles? Yeah, 
It might be a dwarf Alberta spruce is what I'm thinking of. They had they struggle here sometimes, especially yeah. if they get too dry. And if that, I would imagine that the problem side is on the west or the south side of the tree. Yes, south side. Yeah, yeah. and it's more than likely it's just gotten too dry. That's a okay. it's a it's a type of spruce that likes to have constant moisture, and more than likely the buds are still alive. So if she can make sure she gives it a good soak, you know, about once every two or three weeks. Uh, right okay. now, uh, it it you know she has a good chance of those dormant buds leafing back out and filling that side of the tree back up again. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. Well, that's what those were my questions. Well, appreciate Thanks your call. So much. I really appreciate your help. You bet. Thanks. Take Thanks care. for calling. Bye bye. All right. Why don't we take our last break, Jim, and then we can come back and talk to Joe about no-till veggie gardens. All right. I'm ready for the last break. I don't break. think we've had that question before. No-till veggie gardens. I kind of did that this spring, as a matter did of fact. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about that and more when we get back here on Legends 810. Time for Ask the Bonide Guy. I've got the answers to what's bugging you. Let's get right to our calls. Ellen on line one. Hey, um, so, okay, I have this ash tree I really love named Joanne. Is that weird? Kinda, but hey, if you're okay, I'm okay. Oh, good. Okay. So, I want to protect Joanne from emerald ash borers, but she's like 40 feet tall and... I'm a little scared of heights. Ooh, me too. But I've got a solution that'll protect your tree for the whole year without spraying or climbing. Really? Oh, yeah. Just add Bonide Annual Tree and Shrub Insect Control to the base of the tree. The protection's absorbed right up through the roots and carried up into the tree. Oh, and Ellen, there's no climbing or spraying necessary. Oh, yay. It's the most effective way to protect your trees from all the elements. Oh, that's awesome. That'll make Joanne so happy. Oh, yeah. Feel free to give her a hug. Aw, thanks, Bonide guy. Protect your trees and shrubs the easy way with annual tree and shrub insect control from Bonide. Trusted since 1926. Visit your local hardware store or garden center today or learn more at Bonide.com. Have you got spring fever? Then come visit Nick's Garden Center and Farm Market. We are one of Colorado's largest garden centers with over 10 acres of top quality plants and the finest gardening products on the market. Get a head start on the season with seeds, seed starting supplies, onion and potato sets, hardy pansies, herbs, spring bulbs, houseplants, soils, and fertilizers. Come see many unusual plants as well as trusted favorites. All the newest variety of trees, shrubs, evergreens, roses, and perennials are arriving weekly. Our bulk and landscape yard is stocked with compost, mulches, and decorative rock with delivery available. Our friendly and helpful expert staff is ready to assist. Nick's Garden Center and Farm Market, celebrating 34 years of color, quality, and service. Located two blocks north of Iliff on Chambers Road in Aurora. Also visit us at nicksgardencenter.com. All right, there we go. We are back here, and the garden, garden. Who are we? The word garden wise guys. Yes. That's right. Yeah, it's kind of a new name for us, although we've had it for a lot of years. But then we didn't use it for a lot of years, and now we're back to using it again. We're back to our old selves. We are. So I have to retrain my tongue. Again. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but the the station too. Yeah, that. Yeah, it, and it's an old tongue too. So yeah, it, it's harder. It belongs to an old dog. <laughs> That's right. New tricks and all. Yeah. All right, well, we've got Joe waiting to talk to us on line one about no-till vegetable garden. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, guys. Am I, am I on? You are. You are. I'm so glad to find you. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you did. And, and now you're broadcasting into a decent hour where 
where normal people can get up and actually listen to you without... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something like that. It's six in the morning stuff. That's too early on a Saturday. I guess. Six in the morning? What are you talking about? We've never been on at six. Well, i got to get up at six in order to have my face screwed on right. And <laughs> <laughs> okay. To talk to you guys. That's fantastic. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you back. So, yeah, Jim, you, you tried uh, no-till. Is it just because you're lazy like me? Or, uh, yeah, it was, it was lar- yeah, largely I was just too lazy. Oh, I had this vegetable garden that I've been vegetable gardening in it for a long, long time and adding organic matter and adding. Anyway, it's very high in organic matter and lots of other stuff. <clears throat> and I was walking across it this spring and said, you know, this is pretty loose. It hasn't been compacted over the winter, and we didn't do much compacting over last summer. So I decided I'm just going to sow straight into it. I'm not going to turn the soil over. Did you scrape off the, the mulch and overburden? No, most of that had already blown away. Okay, okay. Yeah, I had heard so much about uh, not disturbing the, uh, the fungal mycenolia. Yeah, if you don't have to, there's really no reason to. Um, you know, the, the modern farming concept is to disturb the soil as little as possible or as little as necessary. I think that's more for erosion control well, than it, anything. It, it, it works for a lot of things, yeah. Yeah, well, and it's supposed to preserve the soil structure. Well, and yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and there's a lady out there who has been gone a long time now by the name of Ruth Stout who kind of, kind of kicked this whole thing off. Right, right. Wasn't she the lasagna garden gal? Let's see. She used uh, straw bales and okay. and just, you know, took layers of straw bales and used it as mulch over the summer. And right. then uh, maybe add a little more in the springtime, but plant things right down through it. Just poked holes in just, it? Yeah, poke it. holes through it. Right, right. And that's all that she did. Yeah, I think the, the farming end of things is more a, a promotion for... Uh, Roundup, but uh, <laughs> well, if you don't disturb the soil, roundup on my veggie garden. Yeah, no. if, you, if you don't disturb the soil a lot, you should end up with fewer weeds because you're right. not exposing all those weed seeds in the soil to the surface again. Exactly, and that yep. was exactly what I was looking at this spring. It's like completely weed-free because I got a lot of leaves and grass clippings on top of it. Sure, and I know as soon as I till that up. It's just going to be a lush green forest of of weed seeds. Yeah, weeds weed coming up. Yeah, I always have. Yeah, I'm going to get weeds coming up, even though I've not disturbed the soil that much. I, it's too early for the worst weeds that I get. Sure. And I, I'm probably not going to do anything with those, and I'm just going to cover them with mulch. Sure. Now, I guess I'd have to say that for those of you who are just starting to garden a, a new area where the soil hasn't been worked in the past and it doesn't have a good structure and so forth, then maybe no-till is not the way to go. But with with Jim, I know he's been, like he said, gardening in the same place for decades. And uh, the soil is well-developed. Four inches of compost every year. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's worth a shot. Yeah, give it a a try, see what happens. My my carrots from last year that I was successfully overwintering for years and years uh, froze. <laughs> yeah, that, that's where mulch comes in handy over the winter, because you can keep them from freezing. Yeah, yeah, we just got that real hard cold snap yeah. there where it dropped down below zero. For but, 
but frankly, Joe, even with a lot of mulch, you can keep the the carrots alive and in good shape. But about this time, the second year, if you will, they they kind of just start falling apart. <laughs> They're just just not edible anymore. No, I don't. I, I don't keep the carrots through two years. Okay. <laughs> but it's nice to be able to dig them if you can, you know, in December. Oh, it's, it's great. Sure. You know, you go out there in the middle of winter and pull back the, the mulch uh-huh. and, and dig a fresh carrot, and it's got that smell and everything else. Yep, and, and you can do that with parsnips. You can do that with a bunch of things. And they just get better. And and uh, I know Keith's favorite is the uh, Jerusalem artichoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had those at my last garden where I had the space for them. I don't have room for them now. You just moved. I just moved to get away from the Jerusalem <laughs> artichokes. Them and then moved. Yeah. Scoundrel. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to get rid of them. That's right. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear you guys back and at a at a decent hour for respectable people and on a, a radio station that. Well, we're happy to be here. Fabulous. And happy to have you here, too, Joe. wise guys. Wow. Yeah. I haven't heard that in a while. I know. I know. Tell all your friends. I'm going to. Okay. All right. Have a good weekend. You too, Joe. You know, that makes our wives the Garden Wise wives now. I know. They were very excited about that. (laughs) They always enjoyed that. At least mine did. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Exactly. I mean, she's pretty smart on her own. She doesn't need me. That's for sure. Jeepers. Well, she's got a degree in turf grass well, management. Yeah, she's, she's got a, a, a higher degree than I do. So, ooh, I know she rubs it in every every, every <laughs> day or so. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, we've got some time left, and we could talk about some things that uh, could be going on in the garden right now, like spring cleanup. Cut your grasses back. Yes, your to, ornamental grasses. It's time to get back. them down. Yeah, and your. Um, the most common of all ornamental grasses. Carl? Carl. Carl Forrester. Uh, you're actually a little late on that now. I, I was a little late on my blue avena grass, too, but I so, still took it down to the ground. Yeah. I mean, it's still time, but... They'll green back up. They will. It's not so much they green back up. It's got the stuff you cut. is going to stay cut and stay green all summer long, and so you have these leaf blades that are got square ends on them. Well, I go through and I, I, I trim the end of each one to you taper a point. each one. I taper each one carefully. We do that with our I toilet. have a template. We do that with our toilet paper. <laughs> hey, in case anybody was wondering, we don't have any new uh, coneflowers to report. And, that, and that's a holdover from our last, our last uh, uh, place we were at. It, we're still holding firm. At, at firm, I might add, 713. Goodness. Yeah. Well, I'm planting. I'm planning on planting out uh, this coming week my peas that I started indoors and have been hardening off. Mm-hmm. Uh, potatoes are going in the ground. Onions are going in the ground. Shallots. Yep. Put those in the ground. Broccoli. By seed or or uh, bulbs. Yep. I've got lettuce started that I'm going to be planting yeah. out. Well, you can plant lettuce out. Or you can direct seed. Yeah. I blah. I used to direct seed it, mm-hmm. and I have these stupid finches. Oh yeah. yeah. That come in. Peck the heck out of the new seedlings. Yeah. So I start them inside to get them large enough where the finches leave them alone. Yeah, I just spray mine with poison. Do you? No, I don't. I'm just <laughs> kidding. No, I sow uh, lettuce seed and uh, radishes and spinach, um, sowed carrots and bunching onions, 
and lots and lots of garlic. Mm. How many hundreds of garlic? 125. Although there's probably more today. You're a whack job. I know. <laughs> I know. It's pretty. They're up and green. And <laughs> yeah. It's like I got stuff growing in my garden already. Excellent. Yeah. So I have lots of stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Let's see. You could be planting beirut raspberries. Oh, certainly. And beirut strawberries out there. Oh, you could actually be planting growing strawberries yeah. and raspberries and that sort of thing if they're hardened off enough. Mm-hmm. Or if you're prepared to go out and cover them if we get into some really severe weather, which is still possible, by the way, especially if you're new to Colorado. It's still possible right through May. So be prepared. And plant lots of strawberries. You could start vying or comp- competing with those in California that harvest, what did I say, 730,400 Tons of strawberries in 2019. That's ridiculous. That's a lot of trailer trucks yeah, of strawberries. Oh, and also you should probably get your, you know, finish up uh, doing some pruning. If you have uh, <coughs> any trees or shrubs, that sort of thing that need to be pruned. Yep, I do. I'd, I'd definitely get uh, busy getting that finished up now before they leaf out too much more. Um, just keep in mind that all your early spring blooming things, str- shrubs that bloom before Memorial Day. You want to kind of hold off until after they bloom, if you can, just so you can enjoy the flowers. But there's no reason you can't prune them now if you don't mind losing a few flowers. Yep, you can. Well, there's music indicating we have to get out of here because they'll force us out if we don't. So, everybody, thank you for listening, and especially those who participated in the show. Remember, as always, keep your shovel sharp and be careful where you divil. If you have more garden questions than you always seem to have them, but save them up, write them down, and bring them right back here to us here on Legends 810.